Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sask Egg Today with Doug Faulkner. Good afternoon and welcome to Sask Egg Today. Coming up on today's program, Viterra says they were surprised to hear the union claims that not everyone was fully paid a retroactive wage increase. We'll have an update on that contract negotiation issue. As well, Saskanola started its Northwest Top-Notch Farming Regional Meetings this morning in Spiritwood, with others set for tomorrow at St. Wahlberg and Thursday at Unity. While most of the discussions will be about canola and farm finances, one section will cover barley. That will be done by Mitchell Jap, Sask Barley's Research and Extension Manager. We'll hear from him on today's program. All but one feeder heifer weight category had prices to report on, while the feeder steer side was limited to two categories. Saskatchewan's provincial cattle specialist, Fonda Froats, will join us on today's program about that. And Marlena Borsch of Mercantile Consulting Venture in Winnipeg has provided her weekly overview of the wheat market. It was issued through the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission. All of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of SaskAg Today. But first, it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka your REMAX Blue Chip Ag Division Specialist. Welcome back to Saskang Today. Viterra says they were surprised to hear union claims that not everyone was fully paid a retroactive wage increase. In a statement released yesterday afternoon, the company said the 4.5% wage increase retroactive to January 1st, 2023 was confirmed with a mediator and reiterated by the Grain Services Union on its website. Viterra also said the application of the wage increase is consistent with several previous collective agreements. They add employees who did not get the pay increase were new hires and were notified in their letters of employment they would not be eligible for an increase. It's time now for the Beef and Forage Report, and that's a presentation of Bumper to Bumper in Langenberg and Rokenville, your auto parts professionals. Let them find the parts no one else can. Open 8 to 6, Monday to Saturday. Call 306-743-2332. Beef and Forage Report. The possibility that Canadian cattle and beef will face market discrimination if the U.S. government moves ahead with a new labeling rule was one of the main concerns representatives from the Canadian Cattle Association were raising while meeting with American counterparts at the 2024 Cattle Industry Convention 
and NCBA trade show in Orlando, Florida last week. After going through a public comment period last year, the U.S. Department of Agriculture's final rule on voluntary product of the USA labeling is currently under review by the Office of Management and Budget. Under the proposed changes, only meat, poultry, and egg products from animals born, raised, slaughtered, and processed in the U.S. would be allowed to carry a product of USA or made in the USA label. Both Canada and Mexico raised concerns about the proposed labeling rule disrupting the integrated North American cattle market during the annual trilateral meeting last week. The Canadian cattle industry will be closely watching for any signs of segregation or injury to the market for Canadian cattle if the labeling rule is implemented, noting Canada could potentially refer to the earlier World Trade Organization ruling against the U.S.'s mandatory country of origin labeling. And that's today's Beef and Forage Report. It's time now for the AgReview portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. GX94, AgReview. CN and CPKC Rail supplied a combined 77% of hopper cars ordered in Green Week 26, an improvement from the 58% order fulfillment performance seen in Week 25. The improvement in system performance reflects improved performance for each of CN and CPKC. In supplying 77% of cars ordered by shippers in Week 26, CN saw performance rebound somewhat from the 52% order fulfillment performance they posted in Week 25. CN performance remains below the 90% performance threshold for the fourth consecutive week. CPKC performance also improved, with the railway also supplying 77% of shipper orders in Week 26, an improvement from the 65% order fulfillment performance posted in Week 25. CPKC performance remains below the 90% threshold for the second consecutive week. The large net short position in canola futures held relatively steady during the week ended January 30th, with speculative traders making only minor adjustments. That's according to the latest Commitments of Traders report from the United States Commodity Futures Trading Commission. As of January 30th, the net managed money short position in canola futures came in at 131,534, which was up by roughly 200 contracts from the previous week. Open interest in the canola market came in at 292,495 contracts, which was up by 17,653 on the week. At the Chicago Board of Trade, the net short position in soybeans increased by about 5,000 contracts on the week at about 101,600 contracts. A train derailed yesterday afternoon in southern Alberta with multiple cars coming off the track. RCMP say a train derailed near Highway 873 and Range Road 142 just outside the city of Brooks. No injuries were reported. Police say about 17 cars carrying shipping containers with various products left the tracks. 
CPKC says its teams were responding to the site to begin a full assessment and cleanup. The cause of the derailment is under investigation. A company that makes animal-free milk and milk products has got the green light from Health Canada. Israeli startup Remilk, which uses the tagline Real Dairy, No Milk, has announced it had received a no-objection letter from Health Canada. This will open the door for use of Remilk's protein and a variety of products with the same taste and texture as milk, ice cream, yogurt, cream cheese, and more. According to Remilk's website, its products are developed using copies of the gene responsible for production of milk protein in cows. The gene is inserted into yeast and fermented where it multiplies rapidly and produces real milk proteins identical to those that cows produce. Canada joins the U.S., Israel and Singapore in giving Remilk the go-ahead. Italian farmers protesting about red tape and cheap imports from outside the EU headed towards Rome in convoys of tractors yesterday while their colleagues in the north led a cow through the streets of Milan. Farmers from agricultural regions such as Tuscany headed south towards the capital, flying the Italian flag and carrying handwritten signs with slogans including No Farmer, No Food. The Italian farmers share many of the grievances expressed by their counterparts in other parts of Europe during a wave of protests over the past few weeks. They complain that their products are being undercut by cheaper imports from areas outside the European Union, such as North Africa, rising fuel costs, and the impact of EU measures designed to protect the environment and counter climate change. And Saskag Today is always available on podcast. Listen to past shows whenever you want. Find them easily by going to gx94radio.com. Also, you can hear the podcast on your Amazon Echo. Just enable the GX94 skill and choose Saskag Today. And yes, it is free. It's time now to head back out once again to Danny Ismond. Well, we're at Future Ford in Melville today. That is 166 North Service Road, joined with Ed Witherspoon. And, Ed, we were just talking about uh, you have a hill out here out front and a great-looking lineup of Broncos out there. <laughs> yeah, you I mean, you're driving down the highway. You, you can't miss them. Uh, they're up on up, up on our hill, so about 10 feet up in the air. And, uh, yeah, amazing vehicles. Uh, we've got, the, we've got the, big, the big Broncos, of course, and then we've also got the smaller, the Bronco Sports, right? If you're not into something that big, then we've got the smaller ones for you, too. And there is. You do have some selection when it comes to the Broncos, and there is a difference on each and every one of those. Yeah, different trim levels. You can get them with a the soft top. You can get them with a the hard top. Uh, you know, you got the big bends out there also in the wild tracks. And, uh, yeah, just a, a good selection out there. We've got five up on the hill, and I know if I go talk to Esmeralda, there's probably about three more. In the pipeline somewhere too, so those don't pique your interest. And ask Esmeralda; I'm pretty sure she'll be able to set you up with one that's coming in. You know, all these vehicles here on your lot are so nicely cleaned off. I noticed this morning, and if somebody would have been driving past uh, a little bit earlier this morning, they might have saw you dancing trying to clean some of these <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, it was a little icy. Yeah, for sure, a little icy out there. So yeah, be do not do as Ed. Uh, be careful out there on the ice and uh, watch your step. The vehicles are cleaned off for you though, and you know what? It's good for you to come and check them out. You can see them for yourself. Take a test drive and find the right one for you. We are at 166 North Service Road. It's Future Ford in Melville. 
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to Saskag Today. I'm Doug Falconer. It's cloudy and minus 2 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at 1 o'clock. All but one feeder heifer weight category had prices to report on, while the feeder steer side was limited to two categories. Provincial cattle specialist Fonda Froats has the breakdown of price changes week over week from the Canfax cattle market update for the week ending February 2nd. We had four to 500 pound steers averaging 423.25 per hundred weight with prices ranging between 412 and 448. The average price for five to 600 pound steers was 401.67 and ranged between 384 and 437 per hundred weight. We had more pricing available on Saskatchewan feeder heifers over the week. Prices ranged from 377 per hundred weight for the four to 500 pound category to 274.50 for the 800 plus pound category. The five to 600 pound heifers had a week over week increase of 11.16 per hundred weight and averaged 342.58 per hundred weight for the week. She says the feeder market remains strong. And they're overall benefiting from positive futures and the lower feed prices. The limited supply of feeder cattle is also creating some competition and this is especially benefiting the lighter weight feeder cattle. Markets picked up last week as 12,676 feeder cattle in the province were marketed, up from 6,603 reported the previous week. On market-ready cattle, Froats says prices on Alberta cows were mixed last week. Prices of live non-fed cattle in Alberta reported on February 2nd were mixed compared to the previous week. D2 cows averaged 130.20 per hundredweight, which was up to 87 over the previous week. And D3 cows were down 335 per hundredweight from the previous week to average 111.13. And uh, Canfax reported a price on Alberta-fed steers last week, and it was uh, 217.50 per hundredweight. And she's hoping for additional information as the January cold snap limited sales. It's all based on like privacy. So if Canfax doesn't get like enough volume in each category, they can't report it. And it's like based on having, I guess, good data. So they have to have enough. And then that's why you're not seeing the numbers, right? Because it's the, the cattle numbers are up quite a lot, but it's just, I guess they're not hitting all the categories, if that makes sense. Fonda Froats is a provincial cattle specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Livestock market conditions. U.S. live cattle futures for April are trading at 186.10 this hour. That's up 375. June live cattle trading at 183.15, up 267. March feeder cattle trading at 246.60, up 385. April feeder cattle trading at 251.57, up 
3.32. April lean hogs trading at 81.35, down 85. May lean hogs trading at 86.30, down 82. And that's the livestock market conditions. Moving on now, Marlena Borsch of Mercantile Consulting Venture has provided her weekly overview of the wheat market. It was issued through the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission. CBOT wheat futures traded in a narrow range this past week. There is a lack of fresh fundamental news with technical trading and currency valuations driving current movements. But we will have a new USDA Waster report next week or this, this ongoing week which may help provide new market direction. The FAO raised its 23-24 production estimate for wheat by 1.4 million tons to 788.5 million, which is still 2.2% lower than the 22-23 total. And looking to 24-25, the International Grains Council is forecasting global 24-25 wheat production to improve compared to this past harvest. Meanwhile, the EU and Black Sea countries need to find a record 9 million tons per month of export demand to reach current export forecasts before new crop arrives. This somehow needs to be achieved with two conflicts being fought along the supply chains to the Middle East and Asian markets. And in terms of cash trades last week, there was little volume business to speak of. Turkey sold an additional 150,000 tons of durum wheat, and we'll talk about that later. The Philippines bought 98,000 tons of Australian feed wheat for April-May arrival. Korea bought 12,000 tons of U.S. white wheat, 12,000 tons of hard red winter, and 12,500 of hard red spring wheat, all um, at 244 to 303 for parity. Thailand bought a total of 120,000 tons March-April feed wheat, and that was reportedly based on Black Sea execution again. This is $20 below what the Philippines paid for Australian feed wheat, but Thailand doesn't have a 7% import tariff. So now here are comments on the major markets by wheat origin, and per usual we start with Canada. Next Thursday, StatsCan will report on grain stocks for December. The average trade guess is to see 20.7 million tons of wheat compared to 23 million tons last year. The range of estimates is from 3.5 million tons tighter to 1.1 million tons tighter than in December 22. Early 2024 acreage forecasts for the US and Canada suggest there will be little change to US or Canadian spring wheat acres despite lower prices and narrower margins. Regarding handling stats last week, Canadian producers delivered a big 663,000 tons of wheat into the handling system. However, Canadian exporters loaded a relatively modest 341,000 tons of wheat in week 26. Year-to-date wheat exports reached 10.5 million tons, which is 6% ahead of last year's exports. We hope the export pace stays up, as this will also lower carry-in stocks next crop year. 
We think that as prices fall, there is a declining likelihood of further decreases. But at the same time, the indications of more distressed sellers trying to generate cash for spring inputs given expensive storage and finance costs. Durham. Importantly, Turkey tended to sell another 150,000 tons of Durham last Friday. This means that the Turkish marketing organization, the TMO, issued additional export licenses for Durham accordingly. Turkey ended up selling 150,000 tons at 354 to 405 to Italy and to Tunisia. This further lowers this winter's export potential of Canadian Durham into Italy and into Tunisia. We talked about the role of Turkey and in this year's Durham markets at the Think Wheat meetings. We have experienced a declining market share of Canadian Durham to Italy this year, while Turkey has taken up most, almost a third of the Italian Durham market. In fact, about 1.5 million tonne of the European and North African demand has been filled by Turkish exports or re-exports, and this demand will not be, re be recovered this year. The relatively small 2023 crop should keep Canadian ending stocks within about 650,000 tons this year, but this is still about 200,000 tons higher than last year's. We also worried whether the Turkish marketing organization will again issue licenses for Durham exports next year and what this competition will do to next year's Canadian market share into the EU and North Africa. And to it, Durham exports for week 26 at 40,000 tons were relatively small for year-to-date total of 1.6 million tons compared to 2.7 million tons last year to date. Canadian Durham exports lag last year's by 1.1 million tons. We would prefer to be 100% sold of old crop now and watch for opportunities to sell the remaining crop. Moving on to the U.S. U.S. export sales of 323,000 tons were within the trade estimate of 275 to 600,000 tons, while the season total of 16.9 million tons is up 4% on last year, against the USDA forecast decline of 4.5%. U.S. wheat exporters may be eyeing some unexpected demand by Brazil to help offset possible sales of Argentine wheat to China. In Australia, wheat markets were little changed and remain in a well-defined range of Australian dollar 365 to 375. In Argentina, as mentioned, millers in Brazil are contemplating the consequences of China's approval of Argentine wheat for import because additional flows of wheat from Argentina to China may force Brazil towards other origins. Brazilian January imports are estimated at half a million tons, which is up 18% on January 2023. The final report by Bosch on the Argentine crop reiterated the 15.1 million ton production estimate. The USDA is using 15 million tons. On Turkish wheat, the Turkish wheat production forecast for 23-24 is at 19.5 million tons, which is tied for second biggest, the second biggest wheat crop. It was up year over year by more than 2 million tons because of favorable growing conditions. Regarding the European Union, um, French and Belgian farmers 
angry about rising costs, environmental policies, and cheap food imports blocked highways and access roads to a major container port last Tuesday as the protests spread across Europe. And in France, farmers who have been protesting for over two weeks stepped up their pressure on the government by blocking highways with their tractors near Paris and setting bales of hay ablaze to partly block access to Toulouse Airport. In the Black Sea, prices remain ill-defined, but it appears the Black Sea was the origin for Thailand's feed wheat purchase. Russian contacts tell us that they're happy with prices that they have received this year and are particularly happy with the volumes sold. So how would we summarize the week? Again, as prices fall, there's a declining likelihood of further decreases, but at the same time, the indications of more distressed sellers trying to generate cash to pay for spring inputs. Meanwhile, the EU and Black Sea countries need to find another 9 million tons per month of export demand to reach current export forecasts before new crop arrives. And this somehow needs to be achieved with two conflicts being fought along the supply chains to the Middle East and Asian markets. Traders are concerned about the developments in the Middle East and about geopolitical disputes in general. This kind of environment will keep markets steady to lower, but as the cheapest food grain, we could see wheat firming relative to corn. We would be fully sold Durham and wait a little to see if we get some spark going in spring wheat markets. That's Marlena Borsch of Mercantile Consulting Venture in Winnipeg. Please stay tuned. Your commodities update is coming up next. Commodities update. Canola futures are trading down for the most part this afternoon. March canola trading at 597.50, down 80 cents. May canola trading at $604 per metric ton, down 20 cents. March Minneapolis wheat trading at 694 and three quarters, that's up three and three quarters of a cent. March Kansas City wheat trading at 6.20 per bushel, up 6 cents. March Chicago wheat, trading at 5.95 and a quarter, that's up 5 cents. March corn, trading at 4.39 per bushel, down 3 and 3 quarters of a cent. March soybeans, trading at 11.97 and a half, up 1 and a quarter cents. March oats, trading at 378 per bushel that's up 10 and a half cents and that's the commodities update Saskanola started its northwest top-notch farming regional meetings this morning in Spiritwood with others set for tomorrow at St. Walburg and Thursday at Unity while most of the discussions will be about canola and farm finances one section will cover barley that will be done by Mitchell Jap, Sask Barley's Research and Extension Manager. He'll be taking a deep dive into the various malting and feed varieties. I'm focusing in on new varieties needing new agronomy. We've just started to see a real uh, meaningful transition to some of the new varieties that have been developed over the last number of years. For the first time, AAC Synergy was the top variety, taking out CDC Copeland, which is 
pushing about 25 years old. That's a long time for a variety to stay at top. Synergy is much newer, higher yielding. But we're also starting to see varieties like CDC Fraser, AC Connect, CDC Churchills on the malt side. And I think there's going to be a transition on the feed side coming too, where we've got some higher potential for yield matched with a little higher lodging resistance, lower protein, and better disease resistance. But if we look at those like we looked at Copeland and you go back a few more years at Metcalf, we're leaving yield on the table and we want barley uh, growers to look at barley as a competitive crop and in order to do so we need the new varieties and we need matching agronomy. Jap talks about the possible yields of the new feed barley varieties. Austinson has been the standard for feed for a while and we got to the point where some of the top malt varieties are getting close in comparison to yield to, to Austinson. And um, we get in a high yield environment, Austinson will still outshine those malt varieties, even those top malt ones. But um, the new feed varieties, which we maybe start to see this year, next year, being available on the a marketplace, they're in that 5-10% uh, yield bump over Austinson, so pretty significant. He notes the malt barley market is quite good right now. Yeah, absolutely. So the malt market is fairly diverse. You've got your craft guys, uh, they're looking for that really low protein because they're using all malt for malting and brewing. And then you get into the adjunct brewings, the domestic adjuncts. They're using the barley as a enzyme source and so they're matching it with other starch sources. They want really high enzyme, a little bit higher protein to make sure they got the enzymes there. And you get into the export market and they'll take a little bit higher protein yet. And so we've got a range from about 10.5% up to 13.5%, somewhere in that range. Jap adds there's an on-farm trial in the works. The other thing I'll be talking about is our on-farm trial program. We've got our barley bin field lab. F first year was 2023. We're expanding it a little bit this year. We've got applications open until this Friday, February 9th. And he outlines what a producer can expect if they take part in the trial. What we're doing is we're partnering with a producer and a local agronomist to focus in on field projects that are of interest to the producer. Our focal points this year are seeding rate, uh, fertility, so pick your nutrient of choice and how you want to adjust management to test it on your own farm, and plant growth regulators. And so I think uh, producers have some questions, uh, maybe particularly about plant growth regulators, but uh, we've seen a lot of interest on seeding rate and fertility as well. And so it's a good opportunity to get a good sense of how research trials work but at a field scale and so you can get that good data analysis and good results and uh, know what it works for on your farm and on, on our end we're going to take the information we get uh, and we're going to talk about it with other farmers. Mitchell Jap is Sask Barley's research and extension manager. He's one of the speakers this week at the Sask Canola top-notch farming meetings. The first one is going on today in Spiritwood with others set for tomorrow at St. Wahlberg and Thursday at Unity. It's time now to check in once again with Danny Ismond. And Future Forward in Melville is where we're at, and uh, we encourage you to stop on by. We're joined with Ed Witherspoon once again. And, Ed, you know, we take a look around the lot. You have a great selection of new vehicles, but the pre-owned, you got to check those out too. Oh, Danny, we got... Uh Close to 30 pre-owned vehicles out there. Uh, we've got some SUVs, we've got some cars, we've got lots of trucks. So whether you're looking for a used truck or a Dodge Ram, uh, we've got something out there for you. Chevys. You know, you were just telling me too, there may be something that I'm I'm looking for, you know, that you don't necessarily have on the lot. Come by because there's a good chance you guys have it. Yeah, it, we, we've got... Uh, 
in excess of of a thousand uh, used vehicles amongst our with within our within our group. So yeah, you come in. Like, I mean, there's I, there's so many, Danny. There's Subarus, uh, Nissans, whatever uh, you're looking for, Hyundai's, <laughs> Kias, GMs, Fords. Yeah. You know, lots you, of stuff. You, whatever flavor you're looking for, you whatever got. flavor you're looking for, we've got it. All right. <laughs> well, if you do have any questions and uh, you want to find out some more details, you can definitely do that at 306-728-5457 or stop on by 166 North Service Road. It is Future Ford in Melville. Farm Bulletin Board. Attention Yorkton area producers, you're invited to the annual Stakes and Stems Producer Night. It's coming up next Wednesday, February 14th, from 5 until 9 p.m. at St. Mary's Cultural Centre at 240 Wellington Avenue, Yorkton. Join the Ministry of Agriculture's Yorkton Regional Office on Valentine's Day to celebrate local farmers, ranchers, and agribusinesses. Hear from ministry specialists along with Chuck Penner and Brian Perlat discussing the cattle market outlook and grain market outlook. To register, please contact the Yorkton Regional Office at 306-786-1531 or the Agriculture Knowledge Center at 1-866-457-2377. The Native Prairie Restoration and Rec- Reclamation Workshop is coming up. That's tomorrow and Thursday in Saskatoon. Meanwhile, the Farm and Food Care Saskatchewan Cultivating Trust Conference is also coming up on Thursday from 8 until 4.30 in Saskatoon as well. And the Western Canada Feedlot Management School will be held next week, February 12th through 14th in Saskatoon. And that's today's Farm Bulletin Board. It's now 1 o'clock. Time to check the GX94 Precision Weather Forecast for the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. Mainly cloudy with a 30% chance of scattered flurries. Winds north-northwest at 10 to 20, a high of zero. For tonight, cloudy with a 30% chance of flurries. Winds east at 10 to 20 and a low of minus 4. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy with a 40% chance of snow during the day and a 60% chance in the evening with 3 to 6 centimeters possible. Winds east-southeast at 15 to 25 and gusting higher in the evening. A high of minus 2, an overnight low of minus 5. For Thursday, a 50% chance of light snow tapering off throughout the day. Winds north-northeast at 20 to 40 and gusting higher at times, a high of minus 2. For Friday, mainly cloudy, a high of minus 4. And Saturday, partly sunny, a high of minus 5. In the Paw, it's minus 12 degrees. Swan River, Show Lake Russell and Roblin, minus 2. Dauphin plus one, Brandon plus two. Regina, Saskatoon, and Indian Head are all reporting in at minus four degrees. Sa- Hudson Bay and Winyard Wadena Kelvington are at minus five. Broadview Mooseman, minus two. The Yorkton Melville region has a cloudy sky. 
A west wind at 5 kilometers an hour. 87% is the relative humidity. The temperature is minus 2 degrees. With the wind chill, it feels more like minus 4 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for SaskAg today for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines.